Have you ever asked yourself the question, how much should I eat in order to lose weight? And you're in these perimenopause years. I have the answer for you inside of this episode. Plus, we're going to cover why you have to know this if you want to get results in perimenopause, how to know if you're under eating or overeating, and what else you need to know first before fat burning can happen. All right, let's dive in. What's up, sisters? Welcome to the Period Whisperer podcast. I'm Bria. I'm your host. If you're new, I'm so happy you are here. I'm your perimenopause and menopause sister, your holistic trainer, hormone specialist, translator of your female body. I'm a recovering people pleaser and hustle addict turned body whisperer and hormone decoder. And I am here to help you de-stress your body, decode what it is saying, become the CEO of it, and own your own health, energy, and weight loss again. This show is for you, the overwhelmed, overworked, underappreciated step woman who dreams of a body they feel strong, energetic, and sane in. The woman who knows that she shouldn't just wave the white aging flag and believes in a body and life of peace, love, and purpose. But you don't just know how to get there yet. So if you are stuck in your body, your energy, your life, you are in the right spot. Let's lean in and learn what our bodies are saying to us. Hey sister, how are you feeling in your body today? Welcome to this episode of the Period Whisperer podcast with your host, me, Bria Gad. I am your perimenopause sister. I am right in the thick of this with you. And if you're new, welcome to the show. You know, you're likely here, I'm going to guess, because something is wonky with how you feel in your body. You're in the age box of 35 to 55, maybe older than that, because the truth is that these hormonal fluctuations of perimenopause, which start for all women around the age of 35, can go on for quite some time, which is why it's such an important topic that nobody is really addressing, right? We, as women, go through some major hormonal shifts in our life. Puberty is one. Pregnancy and postpartum is one if you've ever if you do decide to have children or you did have children and perimenopause is one and the definition of perimenopause is really the transition of time from when your body is in you know reproductive mode to where it is no longer reproductively capable which is a year after you achieve menopause a year or sorry a year after you have your last period that's menopause everything leading up to menopause is perimenopause or it's called premenopause or the menopause transition it's all under that umbrella so you're not in menopause until a year after you stop bleeding now a lot of women of course for many reasons don't have a bleed and that doesn't mean they're in menopause our hormones are still fluctuating especially if you still have your ovaries because ultimately our ovaries carry the role of our of our reproductive hormones, of our main sex hormones. And when those begin to shift, that role gets passed to our adrenals, which is our stress managers, right? So it's really an important thing to understand that if you're over 35 and you haven't gone an entire year without having your period and you were meant to have your period, you are absolutely in perimenopause. It doesn't matter what anyone tells you. It is like puberty. It's a transition. It's a time frame. So your whatever your hormones are saying from your blood work, from your doctor, 
if you're over 35 and definitely haven't achieved that menopause marker, then you're in perimenopause. Now, of course, our symptoms really range. But if you're here and you're listening, I'm going to guess that you're either completely in hormonal chaos where you're not sleeping well or you don't understand why you are gaining weight or you're having night sweats or hot flashes or you're looking in the mirror and you're like, why do I look like I'm aging so fast? Or you have digestive issues or really heavy periods or irregular periods, really frustrating things. Or even if you're just feeling kind of meh, like less sparkly, a little less like energized, a little more irritated in life, and you're like, oh, there's got to be more than this. Wherever you are in there, your hormones are being impacted by something, and that's what's causing these things. And we always want to get to the root, right, to the root of the issue. And, you know, managing the stress in our lives is a massive part of that. If you listen to the podcast, you know I talk about this all the time. This is really the strategy towards healing has everything to do with relieving the stress in your body in the areas we can control, which is often around our four health pillars of sleep and pleasure and movement and nutrition, and also um, properly managing and not just internalizing the stressors that come outside of that, right? The stressors we get from social media and media all the time, from blue light, from toxins, from um, emotional aspects, from our relationships, from our um, our careers, from life in general, right? Stress is coming at us from all areas. And this is just a time period in our life where we're less tolerant to it because more is going on. So if we're looking at how to help us feel better, right? To, to mitigate some of the stress specifically in the areas that we can control. Nutrition is always a hot topic. And one of the most common questions that I get from people are, how much should I eat to lose weight? And you know what? I hate this question. Not in a judgmental way. I hate it for two reasons. Because you know, one, the answer really quickly is as much as you need, right? Our bodies are all so different, right? The composition of your body. So how much muscle you have is going to determine how much you need to eat. How much you do in a day is going to determine how much you eat, how much, you know, what kind of food, what kind of food those calories are is going to determine. Because again, in perimenopause, it's not about calories in, calories out. It's so much more about the lower that stress and making sure the food we're eating isn't adding to the stress. In fact, that it's nourishing this added workload that we're having. So it annoys me because there's not really a, like there's no perfect answer. It's like the difference between English class and math class, right? Do you remember when it would be like in, in math class, you know, there's a very clear answer, but in English class, it's like write the essay and there's lots of options, right? It's your opinion, it's your narrative, it's the story you tell. Like there's no perfect, there's a perfect composition of an essay, but not a perfect answer, right? To answering a question when it comes to create creativity that way. And your body is like that, right? It's not this, you know, your individual body, which can, is a part of also your lifestyle, right? The demand that you put on your life, like, let me put it this way. Calories are a supply of energy for your body. 
and it needs to meet the demand that you're putting on it. And when we want to lose weight, yes, it needs to be a little less than the demand that we're putting on it, but not too much less because that adds stress to our body. So it feels it's I, I hate the question because I don't have a crisp answer for you. And I also and this question also really annoys me because I have asked this question so many times to myself. I used to always try to work out a bad diet. I used to always try to, you know, open a brand new workout program and like do those little calculations that they like put you in your calorie bracket, you know? And the thing is, let's all take a deep breath. The thing is in perimenopause, again, when your body is going through this transition, the demand, the energetic demand is greater. So we have to make sure that the supply is getting close to meeting that need, that demand. Otherwise, we slip into fat storage mode, which is not what we want. But this is why you can be, and I've had clients like this who, I, who, are, who are like, well, I feel like I barely eat. And they are barely eating and they're still gaining weight. And that's because it's not, it's so low. It's not enough for the demand that the body, like specifically your fat cells is like, oh, hell no, I gotta, you know, this is crazy, this is intense and I need to conserve for whatever chaos is about to ensue because no human's body in its natural right state should be, you know, cutting calories that much. So this is why we get stuck in this in this area and it's a it's a tough tough part. And of course the world really normalizes this, right? They really normalizes like not just the eating less and moving more away of being, which doesn't work for women in perimenopause and doesn't really work for women in general when we have this reproductive cycle because half of our month, we actually burn way more calories just naturally through the reproductive rhythm. So we're just highly uneducated on it. I want to try to create some clarity for this today to try to answer this as specifically as I can in a way that has worked for me and has worked for many of my clients when it comes to the question, how much should you eat to lose weight in perimenopause? And you know what? We can sub in a few things in here. How much How much should I eat to just have consistent energy? How much should I eat to have good quality sleep? How much should I eat to build muscle? You know, because a lot of women, myself included, really like to work out or they know how good they feel when they work out or they want to be putting on muscle and feeling more toned or they know that putting on muscle is really important at this stage in our life. And it's really great for us as we age into this next chapter. So... You can sub in whatever you want in there, and this formula is going to work for you. I wanted to give you, you know, three steps that are going to help you define this for you because nobody, no doctor, no wellness person, no expert in the field, myself included, can tell you how much you should eat. Because only you know how you feel in your body. Only you recognize when you've eaten too much and you have that really awful like pressure in your stomach or you get digestive issues because you ate too much or too quickly. Only you know when you've eaten something that's pissing your body off because you have bloating and gas or stomach pain or brain fog. Only you know when you're hungry and you're actually hungry or when you're having emotional stress cravings, right? Only you can tell these things. So that's why nobody else outside of you can tell you that answer. And anyone who's trying to, 
you know, if I hope that they're giving you like the space to get there, but it's, it's just not a perfect science, right? It's, it comes back to that English essay. You got to write the essay. You got to do your best bit. You got to do the work. You got to read the book and form an opinion and, and write it out, right? It's not just a, a formulation. It's not just a calculation that's going to come to an exact answer the way it would in science or math, for example. So here's a couple things first. One, we need to understand before anything else if you're under eating or overeating, right? This is, this is really the question that it comes down to because when we want to create a deficit in our body to actually burn stored fat, we need to know if we're under eating or overeating. So I like this term a little bit more. And we do this first and foremost by returning to our baseline. So this is my number one tip for you. This is what you want to write down if you're taking notes, if you're able to take notes. We need to return to our baseline. So often women in perimenopause are coming, they come to me or they're going through life and we're not sleeping well. We uh, are having cravings. We are um, having irregular periods. We are dealing with digestive issues. We don't have consistent energy throughout the day. We have brain fog, you know, and we have hot splashes and night sweats, which are interrupting our day. And all of these things, and we're doing workouts, right? We're working out as well. All of these things are keeping us from actually hearing what our body needs. So when I'm feeling like if I start to recognize that maybe my pants are feeling tight and they shouldn't, or, you know, I want to achieve a new goal, maybe I want to be putting on muscle, I always make sure first I take the time to return to my baseline. We need to understand first at your base level of health, how much you need to eat, like what makes you feel good and energized throughout the day. And what that looks like, of course, is taking a real pullback from all of the energy demands in your life, right? Like doing hard workouts, like, um, you know, trying different diets, you know, intermittent fasting, you know, cutting out all of these things. And we need to just return to the baseline level of health. And what that looks like is taking four weeks to just make sure that you are prioritizing going to bed by 10 giving yourself seven to eight hours of sleep. You know, we can't always control our sleep, but we can create the space for it, right? Um, it looks like making sure that we are just walking, you know, working towards those seven to 10,000 steps every single day, right? This is basic functional movement. And this is why it's different, right? Someone, maybe a nurse who's on her feet all day, all over a hospital or a doctor all day over the hospital, are, are going to have way more walking steps and way more functional movement that way than someone like me who often ends up sitting at a desk a lot of the day, right? So we need to make sure, okay, do I, am I getting my, like, am I getting functional movement in, in my day and functional mobility, right? Are we making sure we're stretching and, and, and expanding our muscles so we're we're fighting that gravity piece and not holding stress in our body. It looks like making sure that we're just eating three basic meals a day. These days there is so there are so many different, you know, strategies for how to eat, but I will tell you since the beginning of time for humans the basic strategy for consistent blood sugar, for metabolic health, for overall energy and optimal peak performance in humans has been wake up, break your fast within two hours, eat four to five hours later, eat four to five hours later, 
and then don't eat and go to bed, right? It's this, this is, these are our foundational pieces that we've all been like pushed and pulled and drawn away from, from the world. So we want to bring it back and make sure we're eating. Am I eating my three balanced meals? Am I eating real food or am I eating a lot of man-made food, right? We just want to pull it back to our basic level. And we want to make sure we are at least taking steps every single day for some leisure or some breath work or some stress management so that our stress isn't driving our hunger because like stress in our life creates a greater energetic demand, right? So and workouts create an energetic demand, not sleeping enough creates an energetic demand, eating crappy food creates an energetic demand, not eating enough creates an energetic demand. So we need to make sure that our our supply and demand is equal. And, and again, we do that first by taking this time. It's been really amazing in, in Midlife Mojo, which is my 90-day program for guaranteed results, to see the, the women in there start to sleep through the night, have consistent energy again, you know, not have crazy cravings anymore, have regular periods if they're if they're still in that stage and not have digestive issues and just feel good, right? I know we all want fat burning weight loss like yesterday sometimes, but we just feel good. And that's sort of that last step that we get before we know we are ready for fat burning. We are ready for goals. Because let's get real here. Putting on muscle, burning fat, you know, doing a, a half marathon, doing a hard workout program from start to finish, going after a major work goal. These are all high level activities that require extra focus and support. So we need to make sure that the foundation is there first. So if you're wondering how much you should eat, you need to take four weeks at least to return to your baseline. Make sure that you are like, okay, I have consistent energy throughout the day. I'm sleeping really well for the most part. You know, I'm getting in good functional movement and I'm not overly stressed. Once we've returned to our baseline, then we can move to the next step. Here's number two for you. This is where we start to define and then eat for our goals. So if the main goal is fat burning, that's going to be different than the main goal for muscle building, right? Or the main goal for I want to run a marathon or I want to do a triathlon, which I know a lot of a lot of us want to achieve these things still in our life. So then you want to find out what are my goals, right? And for some women, it's like, I just want to have enough energy to be present with my family. I just want to have a libido again. So we want to make sure we're eating for our goals. And, and that's first recognizing the nutrients needed for those goals. So of course, if you're trying to put on muscle, then we need to get clear, we're going to need some extra protein at each of those meals, right? But what what is so powerful, as you define this goal, once you have solidified this foundation and returned to your baseline of your nutrition, of your energetic needs, as I was saying, then we can actually define our goal and move into step three, which is listen to our body right? If you don't listen to the whispers of your body, she's going to eventually scream at you because she's had enough, right? She's had it up to here. So we want to first return to that baseline, define your goal, and then we start to listen to our body. You might say, okay, well, what I really want to do, I want to lose weight. Well, I'm going to tell you right now, you do not have to work out to lose weight. Although in midlife, once we've returned to our baseline, 
adding resistance training to our life is so important, not just to put on muscle or burn fat, but also to protect ourselves like a warrior, right? Making sure that we're protecting our bones as they're getting older, making sure we're protecting our mobility as we're getting older. It's a really powerful way to make sure you're staying youthful. So when once we hit that baseline, we can then say, okay, I'm going to add in some extra walking every single day, or I'm going to start this resistance program, you know, three times a, um, a week. And when we begin to do those things on a solid foundation or a solid baseline of, of health, then we're actually able to hear, oh, I'm hungrier. Oh, I'm hungrier this morning. I need to eat more. Oh, that was good. You know, because we're out of that stress mode where we're stress eating or we're stress um, we're trying to fill emotional stress or heal that, um, that stress demand with food because unfortunately we cannot, you know, aside from being undernourished, food doesn't supply energy for stress. And yet that's what your body demands at times, right? That's why we often have cravings. So the final step is really beginning to listen to your body when your foundation is there and you know, okay, I'm going to start adding in a weight training program. Then you can decide okay, I'm hungry. I'm going to need to eat a little bit more at breakfast. I'm going to need to eat a little bit at lunch. And here's a really quick reference for you to know whether you're under eating or overeating. When you wake up, you should be hungry within two hours of waking. If you're not, your baseline's not ready. Once you get to that point where you're hungry within two hours of waking, you're going to have breakfast. You, that breakfast should keep you full and satisfied for four to five hours. If it's not, you're not you're under eating. You're not eating enough. If it's keeping you full way longer, you're likely overeating. Same thing at lunch. So four to five hours after breakfast, we sit down and have our lunch, and that meal should keep us full and satisfied for four to five hours. If it doesn't, you're under eating. If it does, you're, if, it eats you, if it gets you past that, then you're overeating, right? We should start to feel those rumblings of hunger. That's how we know we've returned to our baseline and we're beginning to eat for the needs of our body. That's how you know how much you should eat for your body. It's not going to be a caloric number. It's going to be different for many, many people, depending again on your personal body composition and the energetic demands of your life. Okay. So the last piece I'll say on that is as a woman who has a hormone rhythm, again, half of our month, our body demands about 250 to 300 calories more than what you were having in the first half of your cycle. So this is why learning to listen and hear what it's saying and having those basic foundations so you're not always wondering, oh, what should I eat? Am I eating? Should I eat? Should I not eat? Prioritizing your nutrition is going to be really critical for this. And why I talk all the time about these four health pillars, right? Sleep, movement, stress, nutrition, They're, they each work together to create a solid table of health for you. Because if you're not sleeping enough, that's not enough energy, you're going to be hungrier. And if you're eating more, then your body has to do more. In And that's an important piece is every single time you put something in your mouth, your body has to stop what it's doing and deal with that in a digestive way. And we want that. But if you're constantly eating all the time because you're not 
eating enough at your three meals, then your body's not able to get to the other things going on, which is managing, you know, the excess hormones, managing the hormone imbalance, managing any gut inflammation. And that's the kind of thing that keeps us in fat storage mode. Okay, sisters. So I hope that I was able to make this question less annoying for you with a less annoying answer. How much should you eat to lose weight? As much as you need. And the only way you'll ever know what you need is by one, returning to your baseline by prioritizing your four health pillars and making sure you know, am I hungry? Am I eating enough at each meal? And then two, getting really clear on what your main goal is. Do you need more energy? Are you wanting to boost your libido? Do you want to just burn fat? Do you want to put on muscle? Those things are going to determine how much you need to eat in each of your meals. And then finally, really listen to your body. If she's hungry, feed her. If she's full, stop. (laughs) Okay. I want you, sister, to go out, be more in your life, and not just less on a scale. And if this has been overwhelming, or maybe it's like, hey, I need that next step, this is why I created the Daily Hormone Checklist. It gives you a really solid checklist of to-dos so you don't have to think it up on your own. It's right there and what you need to focus on every single day so that you can return to that baseline. So swipe up, download it now, or even better, go to Instagram or Facebook or wherever we're also connected and message me directly and say hormones and I will send you the free checklist so that you have it and you can go through it all on your own. Okay. Have an amazing, amazing day. I have a really exciting episode coming up for you next time. That's going to help you shift out of fat storage mode. So make sure you come back for that episode and we'll catch you next time. Thank you so much for joining me on the Period Whisperer podcast. I want to encourage you to reach out to me directly and message me if there are topics or things you're struggling with so we can address those right where you are at. And of course, if you loved this episode, if you learned something, make sure to share it with your friends and please rate and review it wherever you get your podcasts.